Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Welcome to the Rocks Pile Podcast, part of Fansided Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Kevin Henry and Noah Yingling. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the Rocks Pile Rockies Report, brought to you by RocksPile.com and Manscaped.com. And we are so glad to have you on. I'm Kevin Henry. I'm one of the co-experts at Rocks Pile and joined, uh, as always, by a good friend and fellow co-expert, Noah Yingling. Noah, how you doing, man? Pretty good. How are you? I am good. Uh, like all Rockies uh, fans, followers, supporters, whatever you want to say, uh, obviously glad to hear the news that has just come out uh, regarding Kyle Freeland, uh, regarding the fact that he's not going to, uh, it doesn't sound like at least, need surgery or need any long term. I know you were just on the uh, media briefing with Bud Black. And what did you take away from what Bud said about timeline and just kind of the, the feel for what may be coming regarding Freeland and his spot in the rotation? Um, he, as we've discussed on the podcast before, um, Bud's favorite word, he is encouraged um, yep. with the news. Um, however, he's still going to be out at least a month. And that's, that's a direct quote from him. Um, he will be out at least a month. He will start the season on the injured list, whether that's 10 day or 60 day remains to be seen. Um, I, if I had to guess, this is completely my opinion that would depend on whether or not he develops in the next week. If, if he doesn't have much movement, um, then I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets on the 60 day because then they can use his 40 man roster spot for somebody else. Yeah. Um, we all know they've got a lot of guys that are out of options, so they can't send him down to the minors. Um, so that I wouldn't be surprised if he would, but at least it's not a torn labrum or Tommy John or anything like that where he's going to be out yeah, which, for the entire year. 
which which I'll be honest, whenever I first saw the video, which was well after the injury actually occurred, uh, it was it was something I I was just like, oh, that doesn't look good. You know, so to get the news that we've gotten the imaging back and and where things are going, at least with Freeland, um, I, I am I'm going to guess he'll be back by the all star break. I'm going to guess that he'll be back in time uh, for that. But I think, uh, as Bud, I believe, alluded to today while you were on there with him, it's going to, these next couple of weeks are going to tell them a lot more about the timeline to come. Yeah. And that's, that's one thing that he and players, coaches, what have you, um, don't like revealing is timelines because then you're, you're pigeonholed into, okay, um, it, you said and it would be a month and it's been a month and a day. Why isn't he back yet? Um, yep. So he said out at least a month, um, whether that's a month or four, who knows? Um, but again, it depends on that development. And he doesn't want to be pigeonholed because, for example, last year, Chris Owings, oh, he'll be a few weeks. Right. He was out the rest of the year. Yeah, I remember being in Miami, um, gosh, it seems like an eternity ago now, when Daniel Murphy had the avulsion fracture in his finger. And all of us are at his locker afterwards. How, when do you think you'll come back? You know, and you could just see Murphy going, I'm not going to tell you because I don't want to be locked into a box of if it's going to be a week or a month or what it's going to be. And so we know everybody's very cautious with timelines. And we know everybody is trying to make sure that we're going to actually, uh, you know, not layer in too much into what is being said, but uh, I know that we need to talk about what the, what is going to happen with the rotation, who's going to fill in what some possibilities might be. We dove into that a little bit with an article earlier this week that you can read on rockspile.com. But Noah, uh, before we do that, I know there's something that uh, you want to bring into the podcast. We would like to mention our sponsor manscaped. Um, as support for our podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, best company in the below in the men's below the belt grooming. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. And we have an exclusive offer for you, our listeners, 20% off and free shipping with the code fansided20 at manscaped.com. Manscaped has created the best below the belt hair trimmer ever, the lawnmower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. And it also comes with an LED light for a more precise shave. The Lawnmower 3.0 also comes with a crop preserver, an anti-chafing deodorant, and moisturizer. 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code FANSIDED20, F-A-N-S-I-D-E-D, and the number 20 at checkout. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. And we certainly appreciate their support of the Rocks Power Rockies Report. Uh, Kevin Henry back here with Noah Yingling. And Noah, let's talk a little bit about who's going to be filling in for Kyle Freeland in the rotation. We know, as you said earlier, uh, we're looking at at least a month that the Rockies will be without Freeland. It could well be longer. And we know that there are some candidates that can – fill in for Freeland. 
Um, we talked about this earlier. And again, I mentioned this, uh, that there's an article on rockspile.com where we talked about how Kyle Freeland's injury will impact the pitching. I am of the opinion that your number five starter is going to be Chichi Gonzalez. Uh, I believe that they're going to go ahead and slide him into that spot. It's something that obviously Chichi and the Rockies have had a relationship over the last couple of years. Uh, it's been a very interesting one to see evolve. And while Chichi may not be the, you know, ooh-ah kind of guy, he can at least provide some innings, which the Rockies are going to need some guys to eat some innings uh, to try to get to the back end of that bullpen, which honestly is looking like the strength right now of the bullpen. So I'm going to say it's Chichi Gonzalez over a Derek Rodriguez and over a Ryan Rolison. Uh, but Noah, I'm, I'm curious for your thoughts. I I completely 100% agree with you. I think it's going to be Chichi Gonzalez. Part of it is on how well um, he is pitched compared to the others. Um, but that was one thing that Bud Black also mentioned today too. And he's, we've, we've known it and he's mentioned it in the past, but he confirmed today that three guys who are in contention to replace Freeland are those three, Chichi, Derek Rodriguez, and Ryan Rollison. The problem with Rollison is he hasn't pitched even double A yet. Um, so, and I know we talked about this actually yesterday, yep. uh, you and I, of w- uh, the problem with him is not pitching at double A yet. If you put him in the major leagues and he just gets absolutely bombed, what happens then to the psyche there? I could you possibly ruin it. I mean, that's not something you want to do. I mean, in a way, I kind of want to see him do that, kind of throw him into the fire, but also, too, you uh, you have to take the pros and cons with it. Um, Derek Rodriguez has not pitched well in spring. Um, at least, I mean, I wouldn't say he's been god-awful, but he it's not like he's been Cy Young out there. Um, maybe it's maybe he has to pitch at Coors Field, and maybe he can only be at an elevation of a mile high or above. Um, cause he pitches really well as a core. Yeah, really well he, does. he does. Um, you know, Wade Davis could only pitch on the road. Derek Rodriguez gets all the home games. I mean, that's just, that's yeah. the rule. Sorry. You know, now if we could possibly contact MLB and get Wade Davis back and just change ah. out their roster spots, maybe, maybe the Rockies <laughs> got something going there. I'm, I'm sure Rockies fans. And of course, Brian Shaw making the, the Indians. Uh, oh yeah. I'm sure. Rockies fans would love to see those two gentlemen back in purple. And you know, because uh, I, I sent out the tweet, you know, I've got to send out the Joe Kenda homicide hunter. Well, my, my, my. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my. Exactly. Of course, the Colorado Springs legend. So. <laughs> I, I and, and yeah, you and I talked about this last night. I don't think Ryan Rollison starting the year at the number five spot in the Rockies rotation is a good idea. Uh, I think that this is something that the Rockies as a franchise have to play the long game here. And you have, you know, let's, we know the Rockies could shock the world, be the snake in the grass, you know, all the, all the hyperbole that we've heard so far during spring training. We know that, but we also know that it's not likely that that's actually going to happen. Odds are certainly not in their favor. And if you've got a talent like Rollison, that you can build up in, you know, 
minor league camp before AAA season starts in early May. You get him some AAA starts. Maybe you bring him up at the All-Star break or sometime this year. But give him that sense of facing better competition before you throw him in at Coors Field to see what he does. I'm of the mindset that's better for the franchise in the long haul than the excitement of, oh, my God, he could start the season and we could see what he's got right now. And that's that's something you have to consider with him, and that's something you have to consider with the lefties in the bullpen too. Because yep. right now, Philip Deal is not going to make the opening day roster. He was already reassigned to minor league camp. Um, but they're still considering Ben Bowden, and they're still considering Lucas Gilbreth. Ben Bowden, um, obviously, he's been hampered by injuries, as we've discussed before. But he is only pitched in 26 innings in Albuquerque. And that was in 2019. And he had a 588 ERA. Um, he's pitched really well in spring. So perhaps that's a good sign. But um, that, it's, it's something you've obviously got to be concerned about. And with Gilbreth, he has even less experience in the minor leagues. Um, as he hasn't even pitched in double A yet either, like Rollison. And also, too... Uh, the highest level was Lancaster, formerly the advanced A affiliate of the Rockies. He had a 581 ERA there. 5-10 and 10 with 581 ERA, 28 games, all of which were starts. So transitioning to the bullpen, jumping up two leagues, not having the year in between, he hasn't been particularly great in spring training. Now, granted, that was a little bit skewed because he had one really bad outing, so he's got an ERA in eights. And... Bud Black has mentioned this before, too. It's not necessarily the results. You're looking for the quality pitches and at-bats, depending, obviously, pitcher, position player. Um, because since it's such a small time, oh, you go out there in two-thirds of an inning and give up a grand slam, psh, your, your numbers are gone for yeah. spring. Um, but the, the, they're obviously considering him. And he said that they considered him. I wouldn't go with him right away um, because if, if I had to go with one of the two, Rollison or Gilbreth, I'd go Rollison because he's the higher prospect. He's had a sure. little bit more success. Sure. Um, Gilbreth, though, they see, uh, at least to me, uh, totally my opinion, they seem to be leaning more to having Gilbreth in the – um, on the major league team because Rollison's been sent down. Gilbreth hasn't. Right. So I've got a theory uh, that we're going to talk about right after the break uh, that involves Gilbreth, Bowden, Rollison, a lot of the guys we've been talking about. So stick around right after the break. I'm going to dive into some thoughts. We'll be right back on the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. And we're back on the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. Kevin Henry, along with Noah Yingling, we are the co-experts at Rocks Pile. Noah, I've got a theory, and I want to see if you want to agree or debunk it. How about that? Absolutely. So my theory is that we are going to see this year the true effects of not having a minor league season last year in a big, big way. And I think there are a lot of guys that the Rockies are counting on this year to make a difference, particularly some of the, the gentlemen that we've talked about pitching-wise, Ryan Rawlson, Ben Bowden, Lucas Gilbreth, 
many others that if we had had one year last year without COVID, my God, wouldn't that have been wonderful, but we would have actually had a minor league season that they could have gotten some more experience. They could have gotten some more game action and then they could have been more ready this year. So my, my take is that the season we missed last year in the minor leagues, it's almost got to be made up for somehow this year, at least at the start of the campaign with some minor league action before these guys come up to course. Now I'm going to throw that at you and say, am I right or am I way off base here? You are 1000% correct. Oh, I owe you. F- I'm going to give you that $5 for backing me up, man. Thank you. So. <laughs> and the thing is too. Okay. They lost depending on the league, roughly 140, 144 games um, with the exception of grand junction. Cause they're uh, a gone now and they're short. They were a short season. The minor league season isn't starting until May now. Yep. So how are those guys, for example, let's say that Gilbreth, Rollison, and Bowden, they don't make the team, the 26th man on an opening day. Um, and they they go to the alternate training site, which is going to be in Parker, Colorado. Yep. Um, and th- But they aren't facing live minor league hitters unless it's interest squads. What's that transition going to be like just in the minor leagues if they're in Hartford or Albuquerque, let alone coming to Coors Field? That could be a huge, huge difference. Agreed. And the thing is, especially if they trade some people like Story, Gray, Gibbons, Blackman, they're going to be thrown into the fire, a yeah. lot of these guys. And hopefully it doesn't end up ruining their ruining their psyche um but i mean that's why i said and we discussed this before too this is going to be a huge year for the rockies despite of everyone saying oh i'm not going to watch them i'm going to boycott yada 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 it's going to be a massive massive year for the rockies and just seeing okay where is this guy at and it's going to be like that for 40 50 players it is. I, I agree with you. And, and I want to make sure everybody checks out the article that Noah wrote on rockspile.com about why this is the most important year in, in Rockies franchise history. And I, I think you're right, man. I think this is a franchise that, it's a, that is at the crossroads, not only on the field, but what's going on in the front office as well. And, and uh, you know, we want to touch on uh, Nick Groke's athletic article here shortly that uh, was, you know, dare I say, pretty damning in a lot of different ways. But I want to stick on the field for just a minute. Let's get let's move from pitching into uh, one of the guys who's going to be, I think, one of the biggest keys for their success or lack thereof this year, and that's Ryan McMahon. And you know, you touched on Ryan in an article uh, where you talked about this was going to be another season of change for him. You know, I think we were all like. Oh, Rymac's going to be the guy at third. You know, he's going to be there. When I was down at spring training, I was watching him uh, do some work down there. It was looking great. But then the Brendan Rodgers injury happens. All of a sudden, Rymac is now sliding back into second base where he's been the last couple of years. Josh Fuentes is going to be majority of time probably at your third base spot. So, you know, and you found some pretty interesting things whenever it comes to, to Rymac. And I know you touched about it in the article. Uh, but is he a guy, we've seen it a lot, is he a guy that, that you think is going to be the two-hole hitter for the Rockies in 2021? 
I would be shocked if he's not. Okay. But let's uh, let me just put it that way. Um, we all know the Rockies like to um, mix and match defensively um, against matchups in the lineup as well. But he, I wouldn't go so far as to say he'll be the everyday uh, guy in the two spot um, because I would. I, this is a complete guess. Um, the Rockies will probably give him a break against some lefties, um, move Chris Owings or Garrett Hampson to second until Rogers comes back. Yeah. Presumably that unless somebody, unless somebody really proves himself, I mean, if Josh Fuentes is hitting 500 and he's playing third base, uh, when Rogers comes back, he's going to be at third base most of the time. Yeah. Um, but with McMahon, um, Bud Black has been using him in the two spot and he really likes him in the two spot. And that's something that I talked about in that article of, um, he said that he, he really likes him there because um, he thinks he's very selective um, at the plate and also, too, and I mentioned this to you yesterday as well, but it's something I didn't include in the article. I'll have to bring up the exact stats, but it's maybe it's an even p- uh, batting order positioning thing for McMahon, but it is absolutely mind-boggling. His splits in 2020 and 2019, depending on the batting order slot for him, I mean, it's just absolutely amazing which i'll bring that up here in a second but um he he really likes the uh, likes mcmahon up there um and if mcmahon weren't in the lineup there's a few other guys that he would like in the lineup and here's what he had to say about that well uh hampson potentially uh, has been that type of player in the minor leagues and, and we've seen some uh, of, of Garrett at the top of the order in the big leagues. There was a stretch, you know, last year of a couple of weeks in the shortened season where uh, he had a nice little run of, I think, about 30 at bats, 40 at bats that, uh, you know, that, that he was trying to tell us that, uh, you know, he could hit at the top of the order uh, with average and on base. Uh, but he profiles, I think, as, a, as that type of hitter. Uh, hopefully uh, that happens sooner rather than later for you know for us uh, but in the minor leagues he always hit at the top of the order as an amateur player hit at the top of the order uh, you know chris owings at times in his you know six year five five plus years in the big leagues uh, has hit at the top of the order and he's hit everywhere top of the order josh fuentes you know has the ability to handle the bat a little bit you know maybe against a left-handed pitcher josh could move up there you know, we'll, we'll just continue to, you know, to look at it. But, you know, again, a lot of it could be performance-based. You know, once we get underway and who's swinging the bat well, and, you know, what are, what's a good matchup for, for certain guys against opposing starting pitchers? So, yeah, um, his he really likes those high-contact um, uh, high guys up there. Yep. Um, and... Not even necessarily high contact, more of a selective eye at the plate. Um, and that's where I, I think in the past, McMahon has struggled at the plate with strikeouts. 
Um, he's going to have to cut down on that. Simple as that, regardless of where he's hitting. But um, in, in the two spot, especially, I mean, you've oh, yeah. got to be able to, you can't be striking out 35, 40% of the time. Um, so on, on those splits, 2020, he mainly hit in the sixth, seventh, and eighth spots. When he was hitting sixth, he had 90 plate appearances there in 2020. He hit 289, 389, and 566 with the slash line. In the seventh spot, he hit 085, 085 with a 140 on base and a 149 slugging, 50 plate appearances. 2020, eighth spot, he hit 286, 342, 638 plate appearances. So really, really good. Awful. There's no other way to put that. And eighth, really good. 2019. Fifth, sixth, and seventh were the main ones. Okay. Fifth spot, 196 plate appearances, which was the most of any position he was in. He hit 171, 277, and 312. In the sixth spot, he hit in 164 plate appearances, 331, 396, and 608. And in the seventh spot, 110 plate appearances, 248, 300, 416. So especially that sixth spot, but even the eighth spot too, but that sixth spot, I mean, he's 289, 389, 566 last year, 2019, 331, 396, 608. So if we're using laws of logic here, that even hopefully success would translate over to the two spot in 2021. Is that what I'm hearing you say? No, Ying. Yeah, it, he must hit in an even order spot. It, that's that's the only that's the only possible way you can decipher that. Well, then, then <laughs> you know we have solved the mysteries of the universe today. So, right, no, I, you need to hire us full time for your analytics department. Well, as soon as soon as I get the laundry done, I'll take care of that, man. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, one thing that I've I have noticed uh, is that. And I, and I saw this in spring and I, I don't know uh, anything other than the, the proverbial eye test that always gets eye rolls, but Rymac just seems like a different guy this year to me. He's got a little bit different swag. He's got a little bit different feel whenever you talk to him, whenever you watch him, whenever he's going through his thing, his routines. And so, you know, I'm, I'm counting on him being a guy that they can count on at the plate. But all that being said, I've got to be honest. I kind of liked the Tapia Hampson top of the order yesterday uh, that they rolled out in the in the game against the Brewers. Uh, I kind of like that Hampson's a contact guy. You know, it now this here's the if if Tapia can get on base, Hampson can move him over, but set the plate for Story and Blackman to come. You know, maybe that's something that they'll play with as well in certain lineups. And the thing with Hampson too is he can be that contact guy he's definitely the speed guy yeah. but can he get on base it better than a uh sub 300 clip yeah that's the problem and and that's the thing with as we mentioned with the snake in the grass okay can hampson step up can tapia repeat 2019 can mcmahon step up can charlie blackman stay at somewhere better than the 210 level that he was in the last three quarters of the season yeah and Diaz step up behind the plate. Can Rogers stay healthy? 
can gray stay healthy? There's so many different questions where there's no way all 100% of those are going to pan out. And that that's the problem that they have. Yeah. But construction wise, I, I'm more of, of a fan of the splitting it up. It, now, granted, the Rockies have a lot of lefties. Um, they've got Tapia, McMahon, Blackman, Hilliard. Uh, Dom Nunez is a left-handed hitter. Um, Greg Bird is a left-handed hitter. Um, so they've, they've got a lot of guys, and not to mention there's a few other prospects too, like Brett Boswell is a left-handed hitter. Um, but Jamison Hanna is another one that comes to mind. But um, So with the lineup, let's say Toppy's at the top. He's a lefty, so who do you put in the second spot? Um, you could go with Hampson, as we mentioned and as Bud mentioned. Um, against lefties, as he mentioned as well, don't be surprised to see Josh Fuentes in that spot. Could be. Um, so you could go with him. In the past, they've gone with Trevor Story there. So if let's, let's use that example. Tapia Story, then who do you go in the – three spot probably blackman um and then probably crone four then who do you put in the fifth spot well not mcmahon because he's gonna go sixth yeah but then that's where you get the possible repetition um i mean does your five guy in in that scenario does that become a fuentes yeah you know or if a a hilliard is in the lineup or you've got some kind of guy with some pop uh you know do you put him in that spot and that's you know yeah yeah you know and and you wrote an article that's on our site rockspile.com about all the questions still to answer before opening day and i will tell you there were a lot to begin with and then when kyle got hurt that opened up like a pandora's box of more questions uh and among those you know is going to be and we alluded to it a minute ago what's going to happen with the roster spots uh, you know, because Chichi Gonzalez and Derek Rodriguez, neither one are on a uh, 40-man roster. They both had minor league invites this year. So there's going to need to be some roster moves happen if one and or both of them make the opening day roster. Now, we know that Freeland injury could be one of those spots. But if they're going to bring both on, there's going to need to be some more shuffling happen. And... Peter Lambert's already been moved to the 60-day IL. Um, Tyler Kinley is on the 40-man, but he's he's definitely not going to go to the 60-man unless something happens. But he's, uh, according to Bud, he's going to pitch today. Yep. Um, but um, could we see Brendan Rodgers go to the 60-day 60 60-day 60 IL? I mean, yeah. if they need the roster, if they if they need the 40-man spot. Who else are uh, well? They would have to make some tough decisions on who to get rid of. It's not like, uh, as of now, I would say, personal opinion, it'd be either Jairo Diaz or Carlos Estevez. Okay. But we both know the Rockies love their veterans, and they both uh, both of them are well liked. So are they going to actually pull the trigger on getting rid of them? If they have to, I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the answer is no. And I'm going to, what I think too. I think the answer could be Mr. Sheffield who they picked up in the rule five draft. Yeah. I think that they, they could release him back toward the Dodgers. 
uh, you know, and, and move a Derek Rodriguez or Chichi Gonzalez into that spot. So, or they also could go another way. And for example, they could DFA Brett Boswell. I mean, he's, he'll be 27 this year. He hasn't even played at AAA yet. And he wasn't tearing the cover off the baseball in Hartford. In Hartford. Yep. So do you possibly go with him? Um, and there's, there's a few other guys too, where you could say, Hey, uh, what do we have here? Ryan Castellani. Um, he could be one Jose Mojica. He's another one. Now, granted they're 25 and Mojica will be 25 here soon. Um, but what do you do with them? What do you do with guys like Philip deal? Is he part of your future plan? Um, yeah. He'll be 27 this year. Justin Lawrence, is he part of your plan? He's on yeah. the plan too. Oh, absolutely. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of what ifs and what coulds. Uh, there's no doubt. And obviously, we're going to know the answer to that because we're recording this on Thursday. We know a week from today is opening day. So, man, there's going to be a lot of things answered over the next seven days. When Noah and I come back, we are going to talk about the thing that has had Rockies fans and social media abuzz over the last couple of days. Uh, we're going to talk about the athletic article and the ramifications of that when we come back. This is the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. And we're back on the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. I'm Kevin Henry alongside Noah Yingling. We are the co-experts for rockspile.com. And Noah, I'm going to tell you, one of my favorite writers in this whole big world that we live in is Nick Groke. Um, Nick does such a great job of getting articles and the way he writes them. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm in awe of the dude. Uh, kudos to him. But he dropped a bomb earlier this week, man. I'm going to tell you. the uh, And if you have had not had a chance to read it and you're not an athletic subscriber, I'm just going to say why not? Uh, because this article and a lot of things that Nick does is well worth the subscription price by far. And his article that came out earlier this week, I know he and Ken Rosenthal teamed up on an article that really not only talked about the ineptitude that has happened with the Rockies as far as free agent signings, a lot of the things that, you know, the Nolan Arenado trade, a lot of things that we've known, but they kind of peeled the layers back on some of the things that have been going on behind the scenes. And I think that I'm not going to say it surprised me. I mean, even some of those things that you read about in there, it, it didn't like floor me because I, I think that a lot of these things go on with every major league team, maybe not to this level, but there's a lot of things that whenever you turn on the lights, the cockroaches run. And I think we'd all be surprised about how our favorite teams are run in certain aspects or not. But there were a lot of things that I, I think really came out. And the thing that struck me more than anything else was uh, and again, according to this article, the lack of focus there is on analytics and the lack of respect that is shown to what an analytics department can do to help the Rockies solve some of the issues of playing at altitude. That, I mean, frankly, it's the biggest issue they have in the entire uh, team. I mean, you, if you really want to know why, oh, we didn't play well in 2019. Oh, we didn't play well again in 2020. Well, when we've got an exceptionally talented team, well, the numbers don't say that. And you haven't played like it. Right. So 
two and two does equal four. It doesn't equal six. Um, so when, especially when you're hearing other players like Arenado, Dahl, um, Mike Tockman saying with their new teams, oh, we've got this thing. And I've never even seen one of these before. I'd never even heard of it. That's a problem. That's a massive problem. And like I said, doesn't it doesn't take a brain surgeon to figure out why. But also, too, one of the other biggest problems, and we aren't going to reveal all the stuff that's in the article. You'll have to look for yourself. Um, but we will discuss some of the, uh, a few of the interesting tidbits. Another one of the biggest problems is this quote. Quote, Dick Monfort thinks he's Theo Epstein, end quote. One person familiar with the Rockies operation said. Theo Epstein has won World Series. He won it in 2016. He won it in 2007 and 2004. Dick Monfort has not won a single one. He is the, the franchise has been to a World Series once and was defeated by Theo Epstein's team. Dick Montford is not Theo Epstein. Uh, he's, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say he's not one of the premier baseball minds in this generation because the results would prove it. And it is not. So that's... That's one of the things where when the Rockies were successful towards the end of the 2000s, 2007, 2009. And part of that was because Kelly McGregor and he was the team's president and he passed away in 2010. Eh, we won't replace him. I'll I'll replace him, says Dick Monfort. What have the Rockies done? They blew their, uh, they arguably blew their best team in franchise history up for and got essentially nothing out of it. So that's that's another one of the biggest problems. Another one involving the Montforts uh, was the um, uh, that I found very interesting was what well, one the um, the relationship with Walt Weiss that that you'll have to read that to see but that's that's a very interesting thing in there. Um, but also too, having his kids be on the grounds crew because the Rockies did not lay off or furlough any of their full-time people. However, they furloughed or laid off some part-time people. So, um, he had, uh, his kids on the, um, on the grounds crew. Um, so yeah, um. Walker is one of his sons. He's the team's vice president of corporate partnerships. And his other son, Sterling, is the assistant director of scouting operations. They were both on the grounds crew. Um, and they had other front office people working as clubbies as well. So as Groke and Rosendahl say in the article, members of the analytics, this is a quote, members of the analytics and player development staffs might work their normal jobs from 9 a.m. 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., then assist in the clubhouse from 3 p.m. to 2 a.m. Not a good look. Not a good look. No. No, and, and you know, I, I, you hit the nail on the head a minute ago, is that we talk so often about, 
how are the Rockies going to replace DJ LeMahieu? How are the Rockies going to replace Nolan Arenado? You know, uh, we will be talking this year about how they're going to replace Trevor Story. It's coming. Just buckle up, yeah. folks. It's coming. We have yet to find an answer to how the Rockies are going to replace Kelly McGregor. And, and you that know, was a decade ago now. Yeah. And his sudden passing is still felt to this day by that franchise. Uh, you know, McGregor Square, you know, if you haven't put two to two together, that's what McGregor Square is named after is Kelly McGregor. And, you know, the impact that he had on this ball club, on this franchise is immeasurable. And you can't point back to the Rockies falling apart when DJ left. There was crumbling already happening whenever Kelly McGregor was not replaced in his role. And, and, you know, it's not something that you can just plug somebody in and say, here, you do it. You have to find the right person, the right culture, you know, all, all these things that we always hear about. And the Rockies have yet to do that. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of mockery that goes on about culture in the clubhouse and, you know, a clubhouse guy and everything else. But I think that the culture of the franchise has come under scrutiny with this article. And, and really a lot of things have come out that it shows that there's got to be some changes made, even if it's not in personnel, it's in how personnel do things, how they interact, what their priorities might be during the day. I think that that's the, one of the biggest things that I took away from this article for sure. And that's one of the things that goes all the way up to the top. I mean, the biggest criticism of Jeff Breidich isn't even the free agent signings. Now, I would say, okay, at least you know we need to fix these issues. I don't think they did it did enough. I don't think they did it with the right personnel. But, hey, we need to address this. Okay. Now, the past two off-seasons, they have not done that. But in the few previous years, that was addressed. But the main criticism of Jeff Breidich is his mannerisms. Oh, I went to Harvard. um, And his um, flippancy to fans, to players, to the media, people in general. I mean, there's a reason why we, and every Rockies fan mentions brain surgery all the time. Um, If you don't know that reference, look it up. Um, That's what Google.com is for. Um, But that, that flippancy and arrogance for, uh, for using another example, Theo Epstein, if he was like that, you'd probably get over it. Hey, he's won three world series. He's going to, and guess what? He was a GM when he was in his twenties. And he did that. And he was, uh, he's going to go into the Hall of Fame. Jeff Breidich is not. Jeff Breidich is not one. He went to Harvard. Congratulations. That was 20 years ago. What have you done? Uh, It's a case of what have you done for me recently? Nothing. Nothing. Well, and I think that, you know, Again, back to your article where you talked about how this was the most important year in franchise history. It is on the field. It is off the field. There's so much that's riding on the success or lack thereof this season for the Rockies. 
And Rockies fans, if we get to June, this team's already out of the 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 NL West hunt, everything else, and you're going to be willing to go, oh, I'm turning off the TV, I'm not watching it. That's your call. But as Noah's mentioned and he wrote about in his article, there's going to be a lot of things happening in July and August and September that is going to set the tone for what this offseason is going to look like in terms of players and, I think, front office. And, and I think that – 2022 is going to be such a different season based on what happens in 2021. Yeah. And that's, again, it's building, it's building the relationships. It's the, um, it's the clubhouse atmosphere or culture. Um, And there are some guys where, especially at the end of the year, I think you're going to find, okay, for example, Ryan McMahon, he's a great guy. He's a great clubhouse leader, and now he's put it together on the field. We need to build around him. Or Sam Hilliard, we have put him in center field, and he's played 145 games this year, and he's been great in the clubhouse. He had 30 homers, had 100 RBI, cut his strikeout rate, whatever. We need to build around him. But player X has hit 150 this year. Sorry. See ya. You're going to have a lot of that this year. Which isn't a bad thing. I I mean, I I honestly believe that. I think that they're, you know, uh, one of the big quotes that came out of the Nolan post press conference was that this was a year that uh, basically, you know, guys had to put up or cut bait, uh, you know, as Dick Monford said. And so there's a lot of guys that I think were put on notice at that point. And I'm going to tell you, as far as things that Dick Monfort has said and done during the years, that's one thing I'm pretty much in agreement with him on. We've talked for a lot about potential for a long time with a lot of these guys. This is the year to show it. Yeah. What up or shut up time. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Up or shut it up boys. So one of the, um, one of the two other things we want to bring up though, um, before we leave the air and one of, one of the players we actually just talked about Ryan McMahon, hey, we've been talking about him a lot, um, is in your article about a week and a half ago. Now we were actually going to talk about it in the last podcast, but we forgot to mention it. Um, when you were in Arizona, you talked with a few players about their culture building experience, um, in Hartford in 2016 and the very odd year that they had there, what were some of the things that you took away from that? Yeah. And you know, it was really cool to talk to Rymac and Freeland and uh, Jeff Salazar, who's the assisting hitting coach now for the Rockies and was the hitting coach for the yard goats back then, you know, and, and certainly would love for you guys to read this article, but the biggest things that took away. And if, if you, you know, the elevator pitch here is it's 2016 yard goats, spent the entire year on the road. There was not a home game that year at Dunkin' Donuts Park because of construction delays. A lot of things happened. And talked to the Yard Goats GM who went through all that, talked to some of the players who were on this uh, eternal bus ride uh, around the Northeast. But, you know, it, it was something that I wanted to talk to them to ask them about the, the, the tough times that there were and a lot of the questions about, you know, because there were times in that season for the Argos when they thought, oh, we'll be home this date. Oh, the stadium's going to be open this date. And the goalposts kept getting pushed. 
And so I wanted to ask them, is that something that feels like what's going on right now with the Rockies that, you know, there's a, so many questions post Nolan, you know, and, and do they feel like that the lessons they learned about patience and getting through tough times in 2016, is that something that still goes with them today? And, you know, the answer was unequivocally yes. And they had some great stories to tell, you know, but if you look back to that 2016 team, you had Marquez, you had Freeland, you had Tapia, you had McMahon, uh, you know, you had Pat Vileka, you had David Dahl. You know, a lot of the core guys that we've known for the Rockies for the last couple of years were on that team. Senzatella, I believe, as well. So a lot of these guys that make up the core of the Rockies were on that bus ride for most or all of it. And so, you know, it was interesting to get their perception of it. And Hartford runs a first-class organization. Uh, Mike Abramson, who's their GM, has always been really kind to to work with us and and to give us quotes and to talk to us about what's going on in Hartford. And, uh, you know, I I appreciated him giving that little look behind the curtain uh, back uh, to what was now, gosh, 2016. That's a long time ago, man, I'll tell you. A lot has changed since then with the Rockies and just in general. (laughs) A little bit, for sure. So, yeah, on that team, um, McMahon played the most games, 133. Um, Valeka was on the team. Rymel Tapia was on the team. Dahl was on the team. Um, Noel Cuevas, Rockies legend, was on that team. Um, Marquez was on the team. Freeland, um, Yancy Almonte, Harrison Musgrave was on the team. So, yeah, a lot of – there's a lot of uh, – Tyler Anderson had a few appearances with him. Oh, Tyler Matzik. That's an interesting There you one. go. There you go. Um, so, yeah, um, there's a lot of guys who have been on the Rockies in recent years or currently on there who are a big part of that team. And as you mentioned in the article, too, they played the entire season on the road, and they finished above 500. Yeah, they were in playoff contention till the very end, man. And I mean, you know, that to me, that deserves some kudos right there. Uh, you're exactly right. And and that's something a lot of people don't, you know, they, they talk about the bus rides, but they don't talk about how this team actually won on the road, you know? Yeah. And, and adapted and embraced the challenge for sure. Yeah. And one final thing. One final thing, Noah. This is this, this is. I believe our third episode that we've done together since reviving it. And I believe I've already had two rants. So that means I must do another. You know what? I'm going to go over here for a while. So you rant, man, bring on Noah's rant brought to you by manscape.com. Noah. So the rant is I'm not going to name the site. Um, It's a site that you and I occasionally read. They do not cover the Rockies full time. Um, and the team and or teams that they cover it's the Rockies are nowhere near the top. No. However, they discuss the Rockies in a recent article and their, um, one, one thing that was mentioned was the 2018 season. And with that, as we know, the Rockies got to the playoffs but they ended up falling short in the division series. They got swept by Milwaukee. 91 and 72 record, won the wild card game against the Cubs. They were the Rockies were the second wild card spot. So Rockies fans, go back and 
think, okay, what do you think of the 2018 team? Frankly, in my opinion, they were a lot like the 2019 team. But the 2019 team had a lot more injuries and some other stuff as well. Um, But what do you think? You don't think, oh, you just know they're going to hit. You just know they're going to hit. No. They have three guys with an OPS plus above 100. Story Arenado and Blackman. No shocker there. Um, Carlos Gonzalez was fourth at 99. He was the only guy who had three. uh, Those four were the only guys with 300 or more plate appearances in the season that had an OPS plus above uh, at uh, 90 or above. The next highest after that was DJ LeMayhew at 88. So offense, not their strongest suit. But the problem with the team is they didn't have any starting pitch. Not a single starting pitcher on the team. Their pitch really? is just awful. Awful. Huh. That's not uh, how I remember it. That's funny. Yeah. I, <laughs> who's this here on baseball reference? Um, oh, there, did you have you heard of this guy named Kyle Freeland? Seems like we've talked about him a little bit today. I don't know. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, wow. He went 17 and 7. And whoa, he came in fourth in the Cy Young voting. Oh, holy crap. I must have missed that. Um, Herman Marquez. Wow. 377 ERA, 33 starts. Wow. But you, you know, you, they're just going to hit. And frankly, their entire problem, Jeff Breidich, you know, he needs to be fired. Why he has not had a single starting pitcher? That, that's their, that's their entire problem because you, you you just know they're going to hit, sure. and they've got a great bullpen. You just know they're going to hit. They just have no starting pitching. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. You've got a bad team because you don't have any starters. Sorry. What? What's that? <laughs> Laughable. Laughable. That was Noah's rant brought to you by Manscaped.com. I mean, the, the conclusion of they didn't have any starting pitching, it's 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 laughable. It is. It is. You know, I I think back to being there in Chicago that night for the wild card. And, you know, there's a lot that goes back to everybody remembering Tony Walters. And as well they should. You know, if Tony came through that one time at the plate, delivered the hit, you know, the wild card win, all that good stuff. But you know what? It wouldn't have been there without Kyle Freeland. I'm yeah. just gonna, it, I mean, that never would have happened. And knowing what that team had just been through the day before in L.A., you hop the flight. Now you got to play the Cubs in Wrigley. You know, again, Scott Oberg, Kyle Freeland, those two guys, I mean, that whole team, obviously. But those two guys right there, they're what they did in that game gets so often overlooked because we always remember Tony Walters. And and absolutely they deserve props for that. You know, this uh this Marquez guy, this Freeland guy, you know, dare I, you know, uh, dare I say Senzatella, you know, I mean, they've all rounded into their own for sure. Yeah, and I mean if you make the assumption of okay, they could have used more starting pitching in the postseason. Okay. I, I wouldn't necessarily agree with you, but okay, you could you can make that point. Or they needed another starter. But oh. their, their number one need was 
offense. They didn't have it. Yeah. Go, go back to that Brewers series where they got eliminated in the postseason. And I, I don't know the stats right offhand, but I can tell you pitching wasn't the problem against the Brewers. Yeah, and that's the thing. You want to guess how much uh, the Rockies hit? You, you, you probably don't. I really don't, to be perfectly honest with you. But they hit go- 146 with a 210 on base percentage and a 188 slugging. <sighs> That ain't going to win you any games, people. Definitely not. Now, granted, their their ERA was not great. It wasn't terrible. It, it, the entire pitching staff, it was an ERA of 439. Um, so, I mean, it, like I said, not great, not terrible, but not great. Um, but when you're facing Corbin Burns, Ulysse Chassin, Rockies legend, Josh Hader, Jeremy Jeffress, Corey Knable, Wade Miley, Joaquin Soria and Brandon Woodruff, they should have an ERA higher than 0.64. Yeah. Uh, no argument, man. No argument at all. You, you know, just know uh, they're going to hit, though. You just know it. I mean, the, if you the, don't think they're going to hit, I, uh, frankly, I think you're a bad person. Well, you are a bad person. <laughs> but I, I will tell you, you know, so often – you know, we, we Chuck Nasty and, and Arenado and all these guys are the faces of the franchise. You know, they're the ones that we always see, you know, stories getting on MLB networks, uh, you know, uh, shortstop and, you know, of the year and all this stuff. And, and well-deserved, don't get me wrong, but that's not the strength of the team right now. It's, it's their rotation. And so that, you know, I'm going to go full circle here as we wrap up. That's why this Kyle Freeland injury is such a gut punch. Because if you looked at what the team, the chance the team had this year was for their starting rotation to be good and to be healthy. We're already down one. Senzatella, we know, was set back a little bit. Looks like he's going to be back, uh, you know, for for either the opening series against the roster, uh, sorry, against the Dodgers or the start against the Diamondbacks the following Tuesday. And also, too, it'll be – Big start for him tomorrow because he's going to be starting for the Rockies tomorrow, meaning Friday. Yep. Um, so that will that will be a big litmus test. Is he going to be ready or not? If he's not, well, you got some problems then. No argument, man. Noah, we have gone around the world here, buddy. And uh, obviously, we're going to do another episode before opening day comes up. We have a surprise guest coming up. I'm not going to tip on who that is, but uh, it'll be a really interesting interview. And also have another one in the works that I haven't even told Noah about yet. So uh, that'll be a surprise to him as well. Well, my, my, my. My, 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 my. (laughs) So... So, hey, stay tuned to rockspile.com. We're going to bring you all the latest info, uh, all the uh, podcast news there is to share, as well as as we get toward opening day at Coors Field on April 1st, everything you need to know about being there at 20th and Blake for that wonderful, magical, yay, verily fun day. So, for now, Kevin Henry, Noah Yingling signing off. Hey, go Rockies. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones 
who get it done.